0: Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 92, wow, with my friend, Christina Fultz. I was so excited. Christina was here in person, which has not happened since, I don't know if you're keeping score and following along, but since my basement flooded, I have not had in-person guests because I had to rebuild my whole studio area. So, this was very exciting uh, and a learning curve because I think I'm going to have to move some stuff around, but we will see. We will see what that looks like. But I was very excited to see her. Um, we talk about you know how we know each other in the beginning, so I won't ruin that for you. But uh, it's just it was just an absolute pleasure to have someone here in person. Everything is better in person, except for COVID. I guess COVID's not better in person. So. <laughs> uh but it was was so nice seeing christina and i will let you guys hear the niceties in an amazing story right now this is my interview with christina fultz you and i have lots in common my request is sent
1: would you like to be my friend would you like to be my friend i'm so excited you're here i know me too
0: uh I said this already, but I'm going to say it on the microphone. You are the first person that's in this basement, in my my studio. I love uh, it. Since I redid it, and this yeah, this feels weird. They're so far away from me.
1: I know. I know. I, I feel like some I'm some like in an interview or something. Yeah.
0: Well, you, I used to use like a pub table,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which only went to like here, so you would be right there. So this is yeah. This is this
1: is weird. I'm I feel learning. Like I need to like come closer. I'm learning to you.
0: things. Um, <laughs> Just reach across, hold hands the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I usually start out with how I know people, and I met you like so many people at Best Buy. Uh-huh. But then found out that you graduated with my wife, and mm-hmm. we're friends with her for years, like yeah. softball and shit. Yeah, <laughs> and grew up with her. Yeah, small world. I know. Um, and then that's when I learned your nickname, Cricky, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I still think I refuse to call you. A, a um, lot of people do. But that's okay, because uh, it's funny. It's funny when you meet somebody that your partner already knows. Yeah. Because you develop your own relationship with them, and, mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah, strange. I don't know where I was going with that, but
1: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, you're. I think my favorite person I worked with, and oh. I can't. I can't say it. People are going to listen. I'm picking favorites. You're but, like
1: my big brother. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We were always hanging out, uh, smoking cigs, and <laughs> going to the bar. Smoking cigs, going to the bar, counting money. Not yep. in that order, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I love that time. And then you graduated, got a job, moved to Florida, um, yeah. had some kids, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we haven't really kept in touch too much, other than social media, it's like such as life. Um, I know, and I also don't know a bunch about like you know before I met you <laughs> that whole period of your life. Yeah. So We don't
1: have to talk about that. <laughs> that was me finding myself Isn't that what it took a long time? Is that find the whole myself. point? I know. Um
0: well yeah, and if I touch on anything you don't want to talk about, just let me know or
1: i'm an use, open book
0: i don't know you say that now <laughs> <laughs> uh talk to
1: daryl your old neighbor um, yeah that is his name that's really that's weird that's so true that is so true daryl johnson true. <laughs> that is so true
0: oh my god
1: you just pull that name
0: yeah wow what yeah no his
1: name is daryl are you
0: fucking with me no i swear to god all right interview over <laughs> <I'm creeped laughs> up. how is that possible I mean, it's Ortonville.
1: (laughs) Well, I should say Daryl's my neighbor now. Oh. Yeah. He's a nice old man.
0: Still weird.
1: Retired. Shovels my driveway.
0: It's weird to think of Daryl as an old man. Yeah. Daryl's not a name I associate with old people. Oh, yeah.
1: He's a sweet old man. (laughs) That's funny.
0: I suppose all Daryls will be old men eventually. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, That's super random. It is. Anyway, uh, (laughs) all right. Let's go back in time. Oh, God. Uh, You're born. Did you grow up in Michigan? Born, raised?
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. Same space? Rochester, grew up with my mom and my sister. And then in third grade, we moved out to Ortonville. Oh, okay. Um, My mom met my stepdad. So we moved to Ortonville. And then we lived there until they separated.
0: How much older is your sister? Five years. Oh, wow. That's a pretty big age difference. Mm Mm-hmm. Where they? No, you said you lived in North Rochester with your mom and your sister. Mm-hmm. When do? Where's your dad in the picture? Not in the picture. Not in the picture.
1: <laughs> it's actually super weird. So he, well, he was kind of in the picture. He'd be like random in the picture. Um, he was a drinker, uh, and so we lived in a trailer park in Rochester. It was just the three of us, and he would like randomly, whenever it was convenient, he would come to get us. Uh, sometimes he would come over. We'd be loaded up in the car and then he'd like change his mind and say he couldn't take us for the weekend. So the relationship there was never there. And then when we moved to Ortonville, it would again be like sporadic that I would see him. And.
0: How old were you, you said, when you moved?
1: I was in third grade. So eight. Eight or nine. Eight or nine. I think the last time that we like connected was, I think I was like 12 or 13. And he lived in Ludington at the time. Oh, wow. And is still like a big drinker at that point. And so it was over summer and they had made arrangements for me to go out there and stay with him for like a month. And it was the worst month of my life because right. he would, luckily he had a girlfriend at the time and she was super kind and sweet. Uh, how he landed her, I don't know. But um, she. I pretty much hung out with her and her kids the whole time because he would either be working or at the bar drinking. Is
0: this the same father as your sister?
1: yes. Yeah, what was,
0: do you know the, the past there? Like, were they married at any point?
1: My mom and my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They divorced when I was one. Oh, okay. Um, and I want to say she met my stepdad probably when I was around, maybe around like five.
0: What's yours? Uh, your and your sister's relationship when you guys like before you moved to Ortonville? So that real, um, that early was beginning.
1: That was I would say that was rough at the there wasn't really a relationship um she was older when we moved to ortonville uh she just got in with like the wrong crowd type thing hanging out with people causing some trouble Um, and i was never like that i was like deeply afraid of getting into trouble so i was always like i mean of course i'd be a kid and like get in trouble with my parents but i was never i don't know i was always wanting to like make my parents happy or make my mom and my stepdad happy so I was the good kid, and she was the troublemaker. Um, and then it probably wasn't until till I was in high school, um, and she was done with – she was graduated, that we, like, connected Starting and closer. became super yeah. close. Um,
0: Do you know if she – I'm just – I'm wondering with the timeline there, if it was a situation where, like, you were born, and as, you know, five-, six-year-old, her is like, oh, no, Dad's leaving because we have this new kid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> did she tie know. that stuff together? Mm-mm. Okay, I, I don't know if there was any like no, resentment. No, I think there it was. I think
1: it was more so because uh, she, as like growing up, she ended up going to live with my real dad for a while. Uh, okay. Um, still because like my mom was kind of tired of her bullshit, <laughs> um, but like never kicked her out. Whatever, it was yeah, her yeah. choice. It was my sister's choice to go live with him. She continued to live her life and do her things. So I think that was hard to obviously stay connected when she was in Ludington and yeah. I was in Ortonville. And like I said, it wasn't until I was in high school. I uh, She did, ha- she had a my nephew probably when I was maybe a senior, a junior or senior in high school. Okay. Um, so her and her baby daddy, I mean, husband now, but um, I don't know. I think we got close because I started dating somebody in high school um, I was dating Tim and then she had Chris. So I think we connected over that and like doing things together as like couples and, and double whatever, dates like, and stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't know if we ever went on double dates, but just, I mean, like even <laughs> hanging out. Yeah. Um, I think that's when we started to get really close.
0: So but... what does that look like <laughs> then? I mean, it sounds like you guys lived pretty separately mm-hmm. <laughs> in your adolescence and childhood. Yeah. So what does it look like for you then? Like once you get to Ortonville, you're, mm-hmm. Finishing out elementary school, getting into middle school. The best years of our lives. Ever. Um,
1: <laughs> I was so awkward. I was weird. That's, everybody. I was weird. Everybody's weird and awkward. Yeah.
0: Tell I me am. what weird looks like
1: in, in school. How, oh, in high school? I don't know. Well, I no, middle kept, school. Middle school? Yeah. I mean, I always kept to myself. Okay. I had like a good group of friends, but... I was never like the popular kid, but I was never like,
0: yeah.
1: I don't know. I just had, I just.
0: I oh, See, I was weird. Like Whatever. I'd walk up to strange girls and be like, hug me. Oh. <laughs> it's was weird in a real weird way.
1: No, I was just, I don't know. I was weird and awkward <laughs> and I had glasses half the size of my face and I don't know. I don't know. I was just weird. I like the idea of gigantic glasses on you. <laughs> yeah. They're massive. Like who the hell let me do this? The 80s. Mom, the thanks. 80s let you do that. Yes, that's true. <laughs> The
0: 80s bleeding into the 90s uh <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> so what you mentioned something i'm curious about where you said i always wanted to just make mom and stepdad happy yeah what does that look like where does that come from
1: i don't know <laughs> i think it's just who i am like i like to please people
0: yeah well it's funny because that's usually the like middle middle child syndrome yeah and you're i don't you know guessed. i feel like
1: i've I don't know. I get my mindset on things, and like this is what this is what I want to do. This is who I want to be. So like, education's always been super important to me. Yeah. Like even now, like I would continue to go to school throughout if life if it was free. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. I love going to school. Um, yeah. So I think it was just part of that, and I just I didn't want to be who my sister was. I guess like I saw what she yeah. did. I saw what like impacted had on my mom. And I never wanted to do that to her. Like, yes, I'm sure I was a pain in the ass. Yeah, but as it. far as like getting in with, I was always really good at like just picking my friends and who like responsible people. I was always around. Yeah. I surrounded myself with those type of people. Yeah, I was never like the party girl. I was never. I went to my share of parties, but like I was never. Yeah,
0: it's not a bad thing. <laughs> well, that's yeah. I, I, I mean, saved that for college. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I relate to that because my brother's uh almost four years older than me and you know my parents divorced when i was four and i think my brother took it like (laughs) took it and ran and uh just like got into all sorts of trouble and drugs and all that shit and yeah uh i tried to be good (laughs) i was a big pain in the ass in my own way but yeah but i didn't want to do anything like he did yeah like i didn't want to do drugs i didn't want to drink i was like no yeah uh he had a goth phase, <laughs> All right, which I think... I think I did I too. I guess it was grunge because it yeah. was just... Early 90s, black, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> those big, like, Jenko pants, is that what they're called? I See, I, I owned, went through
0: that shit. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I owned multiple pairs. Yeah. yeah I'm not proud of You that. know what's crazy? You should be. Uh, <laughs> you know what's crazy is those are worth so much money now. Really? It's insane. Uh, as someone that knows too much about 90s culture, like, yeah, if you have a pair of Jenkos, you can sell them on eBay or Poshmark or whatever for hundreds of dollars. That's insane. Uh, yeah. No. It's surprising. But that's yeah. Also, skids. Remember oh, skids? Oh my
1: gosh. Yes, I had skids.
0: <laughs> the era of MC yeah. Hammer Pants yes. and stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Love it. I can go on a. Oh, i on like, all that stuff. picturing me. I think. So, speaking of education yeah. and and elementary and, and kids, and uh, you graduate high school, mm-hmm. do you know you want to be a teacher?
1: Mm hmm. Okay. Since I was like in fifth grade.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I, see, I remember having that dream, but then I, I was like, no. Nah. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, and I wanted to be a math teacher specifically. Mm-hmm. I loved math. It came super yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and now, being an adult and knowing teacher wages, I'm really no, glad. Yeah.
1: I, didn't I do wish that. somebody would have smacked me in the face. I was the first kid in our family to go to college. So it was just exciting in itself just to be the first one. Yeah. And then I think I started when I originally started to go, because I started at Western
0: um let's talk about western
1: yeah western was was fun. that's why i ended up back at oakland (laughs) western was great i mean i because i was still with tim at the time like we jaded from my sophomore year of high school to my sophomore year of college so i was like i can go be a teacher wherever i want so i just followed him because he was a year older than me um so so i just followed him to western
0: out of your house for the first time Yeah. living yeah tell me about
1: it (laughs) uh i mean I was a good girl until like My my freshman year, and I lived in the dorms, I mean, yeah, you start drinking, you're two hours plus away from your family, and no one to, like, get in trouble, and I had my share of, like, run-ins with police, and...
0: I didn't even go to Western, and I have Western stories. (laughs) I know. I
1: know. Um,
0: That's funny. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can't... I mean, I don't know. A lot of it's a blur. It was so long ago. (laughs) But after... Like I was there, Tim and I broke up my sophomore year, and then I was like, not only was I free of my parents, I was free of like yeah. him. Yeah. And not that he ever told me like I couldn't do things, but there were things that like I wish I could have went and done with like like my sweet mates and like people yeah. in my dorms and the girls and going to frat parties and stuff, and I never did that. So when we broke up, it was like a whole new ball game. I got to go out with the girls and not worry about anything, made some what? poor choices, <laughs> And then I think it was uh, I was drinking a lot, a lot, a lot. This is at Are Nope, this is still at Western. I was drinking a lot, and I remember coming home for the weekend, and my best friend Alicia. uh, She I don't remember if she called me or she had come over. So I was back home. I was in Ortonville, and she pretty much was crying to me on the phone about how worried she was about me, and that how much I was drinking, and uh, it was becoming more of. Like that became the priority, partying, being out with people. Yeah. I was missing classes. My grades were dropping and having that conversation with her about her. It's different when your parents have that conversation with you because you're like, whatever, like I'm fine, yeah. whatever. But when you're like closest person to you yeah. since since third grade, um, when she says it, it, it means something completely different. So I did some soul searching and decided that coming home was the best for me. So I transferred to OU and got my shit together. What year
0: and, did you transfer? To, not like um, 2000, but like what year in college?
1: 2006.
0: You, were you a sophomore? So sophomore? I
1: think I was, oh uh, god, I want to say it was around like my junior year because when okay. I moved back to Oakland, um, a lot of the credits and stuff didn't transfer, so I had to redo a lot. That's so, a bummer. Yeah, it is what it is, but it it's what was needed yeah. because I came home and I got my shit together, yeah. took life serious and finally got
0: it done it's it's a funny narrative that i i hear a lot uh where you don't do any like you you're good yeah (laughs) you're you're focused on school you do everything like quote unquote right right throughout you know high school yeah high whatever and then you go off to college whether and a lot of times it's western but you know it could be central or or whatever right and you're unsupervised and Mm -hmm. the focus becomes like Social, yeah. Party, hang out, leave yeah. you Because you get to experience all these things that you essentially like. Yeah. Told yourself you couldn't do.
1: Back I home. know, I know. It was like a culture shock for me too. Just growing up in like a small town. Oh, I bet. And then moving to Western, and there's just yeah. so much to university. do and experience and yeah. life and. But I wouldn't change it. Yeah. No. I think I needed to do that to kind of find my own way. It's all part but of the I journey. Did it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: So tell me about, uh, do you move back home, like move in with your mm-hmm. parents? I
1: moved back in with my mom. Okay. And then I just commuted to OU. Uh, and then I graduated OU in December of 2010. And then I stayed in town. I stayed
0: Did you, Erica, them. graduate the same year? college i think so i thought so too i'm pretty I, cause sure i'm pretty sure because I, I was at that commencement i was I gonna think, say i'm pretty sure that we were at the you. same yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. fun i know such a random <laughs>
1: i think we found each other yeah i think afterwards we i found have each i other. have
0: like a, a picture memory of, of mm-hmm. yeah you and your cap and gown yeah and, yeah that's funny that
1: was exciting day
0: <laughs> um so you move back is this where you start at best buy
1: I start, well, no, I was still in college. This is before graduate. I started at Best Buy, I think, 2006.
0: Well, yeah. yeah, when you moved back. Because mm-hmm. I started there in 2008.
1: Yeah. So I was there from 2006 to- You were already a badass, to... so you would
0: clearly been there. Yeah. I own that shit. I'm just kidding.
1: Um, <laughs> I still made my poor choices at Best Buy, though.
0: <laughs> Didn't we all?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we could do them together. Yeah. Do we, we each
0: have dirt on each other? Good. Uh, um, <laughs> good, good.
1: I don't know. I'm sure. Yeah, no, I was there two thousand six and then
0: we'll just pretend we both don't remember. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Nope. It's funny. We can go past that. Um I stayed in town after I graduated. I stayed in town and did like random like subbing and I was like a interventionist and stuff, but just couldn't find a job. And my sister and I had talked about moving to Florida. And then so she pulled the trigger and actually moved down there. And then I followed her probably, like, four months later, and I got my own apartment. And I transferred to Best Buy down there. Oh, did you? And I, I was, know that happened. Yeah, I transferred that's to funny. Clearwater, and I was there. That's where I Erica to... goes for work.
0: Yeah, I love <laughs> it.
1: I do miss living so close to the ocean. That's, like, my... Yeah. That's my... Well, can I place. can I back
0: you up slightly? Yeah. I'm just curious, because uh, this is another thing that's, like, I know I can fucking relate to it, but you come back here in 2006. You mm. technically technically i'm doing air quotes everybody uh (laughs) have like a year and a half two years of school left Mm -hmm. but you graduate four years later Mm -hmm. that's a pretty common narrative (laughs) yeah um do you have any like specific struggles that you went through there that that were the result of that or did you want to just like kind of chill out with your class load and
1: no i continue it because i had to redo so many classes oh. and like so many tr- credits didn't yeah, transfer yeah, yeah. and oakland's different than western because i think they only did like a half a year of student teaching at oakland you do a full year so it was like finishing finishing or redoing some teaching. of the classes yeah, yeah. and then um the last year was full student teaching so
0: was it always elementary kids you wanted
1: uh when i started college it was secondary And then I quickly realized I did not want to deal with high schoolers Uh, because I wanted to be a math teacher, too. And then I did realize I didn't want to deal with the drama and that crap. So I switched probably my second semester in school when I was still at Western to elementary.
0: Interesting. That's that's so funny. I don't I like I feel like if I'm going to deal with anybody, I would prefer it to be teenagers than a bunch of like eight year olds. Um, I don't
1: know. I love them. They're great.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm not saying they're shitheads or
1: anything. No, <laughs> no, they can be, but they're um, amazing. Yeah. They're great.
0: That's funny. Okay, so you graduate. Mm-hmm. You do some teaching around here. Your sister mm-hmm. moves to Florida. You follow.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I moved down there, transferred to Best Buy. I moved down there in July.
0: What is it like to move to Florida? Because now you're not you're not on the other side of the state. You're on the other the side, side of the country. country.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it was easy because my sister was down there, and then um, my aunt was down there too so it like we still had some family down yeah. there my cousins and stuff so it's nice to have people down there
0: so were you still making friends via like people who already knew your family or were you you know like the that's the thing this is what i'm getting at but when you get out to a place that's completely unfamiliar mm-hmm. and especially as an adult and you have to like meet people yeah <laughs> it's like what how do i do that yeah because usually it's like oh this is you know Tom, Tom's Chad's friend. I'm friends with Chad. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, it was Best Buy. Okay.
1: I think it was nice. I mean, just being in that like retail setting again, you just meet so many new people. Yeah. Um. So I moved down in July, and I was just I don't know. It was kind of like the same thing, just different state. Going to the bar after going to Applebee's after work and fucking Applebee's. Just I know <laughs> hanging out, and um. So I met my now ex husband. Um, when I because that's where we met was Best Buy. Okay, so I moved out in July. And then I, I found a job right away, too. So I quit Best Buy in August and started a teaching job. And he was at Best Buy too. So we started our relationship at Best Buy. And then I didn't know that he worked there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we met. I mean, I don't regret anything, because it's led to me having two children. So don't take this the wrong way. But like, yeah. I, I also feel like we met Like, and I was still meeting people and he was cool and fun to hang out with. And, um, but I also feel like I didn't give myself time to like enjoy living in Florida and I mean, he hates the heat. He yeah. was born and raised in Florida. He hates the heat. He hates going to the beach. I think he sucked it up for me, but like that was always my happy place. Like when I was stressed out or Why had you live a bad in Florida day. Florida, if
0: you hate the heat and the beach, what the hell else is know. in Florida?
1: I know. Well, we got. But I
0: love Disney, right? And no, so. and see, I
1: never even went to Disney. I lived in Florida for how many years? And four That's years, funny. and never even went to Disney. Um, you know, I think he sucked it up and went to the beach for me, but I often went by myself. What is or your... with like friends from work?
0: What, what and I'm trying to think of this because I don't know. I, I mean, you'll answer in a second, so I'm just going to stop assuming things. Um, what what's your history like relationship wise? Because you you date Tim, mm-hmm. high school to college. Mm-hmm. Are you in any long term relationships between then and Florida? No. Okay. No,
1: just dated.
0: So what what made you get into a relationship when you, when you got there?
1: as soon as I got to I don't know. I mean, he was really cool and fun to hang out with um and i had my own like one bedroom apartment in clearwater so and he was still living with his mom at the time so he would just sit like more and more time with me and then gotcha. um may or may not have knocked me up pretty quick um Such so life. i think that <laughs> had a lot to do with just jumping into the relationship is yeah. oh shit i'm pregnant <laughs> let's uh figure this out <laughs> it was rocky it was definitely Rocky. I think we were both so young. He's six years younger than me. Oh, wow. So I was definitely Robin the Great Ball. Um, at that time, I don't feel like there was too much. Like like the age didn't really seem like we both were yeah. into the same things. He got me into college football. Like it was age wasn't really like an issue until yeah. Haley came along. We started to grow up. Tell me about
0: becoming a mom. What's that process like?
1: <laughs> but I don't know. It's the best thing of my life. I don't know. Any mom will probably tell you that, like, you've never realized how much you could love somebody until yeah. you have a child of your own. Like, I mean, yes, you have like a spouse or a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, but you never realize how much you could actually love something so much until you hold that baby in your arms.
0: Were you concerned at all about support or anything, or because you had your sister down there or not really? Uh, or... I
1: did have my sister down there. His mom um, was down there. So I hadn't, I mean, it, it was for sure hard not having my mom around. Um, you never picture that, like having a child or a family and then yeah. your own mom is not around. So um, she would travel down as much as she could financially, but um, it was definitely hard. And Haley got sick. oh uh, Gosh, I think she was just a couple of months old. She was probably like two or three months old when she got RSV and she got really sick. So I've heard and this that...
0: before. What does RSV stand for?
1: Oh God. Uh, <laughs> this, respiratory. This I know. I don't know. It's respiratory something virus. I don't know.
0: What is, what is it? What are the, what is it's it? It's just
1: like all <laughs> like respiratory issues, like coughing, okay. the wheezing. Um, and so she had it. It's super contagious. Probably got it from daycare. Um, but then like, the next six months were just hell um, because, like, she couldn't sleep at night. She was always coughing. So Is this, like, a long-term? Um, it was – well, I mean, I guess it could be. Okay. Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be. But that was um, – It was we just, Yeah, it was super scary. And there'd be times that um, – thank God I had my sister down there, and she was a nurse. So there'd be times that I'd call her and be like, this doesn't sound right. Um, there was one time, like, Brad was working for Google at the time. And he, so he's at work. I'm at home with Haley, Uh, It was, I don't know, around 8 o'clock at night, and it just, like, Haley just wasn't sleeping. She was crying constantly, and it was, like, a really bad cough. Uh, And I called my sister, and my sister could hear the cough, and she was like, I'm on my way. So that was super scary because she came over, and she was like, it sounds really croupy, like this just deep, horsey, whatever. She was like, we need to take her to the hospital. And we got in the car. I sat in the backseat with Haley. My sister was driving. As soon as she pulled out of the parking spot, Haley like dropped her head and was just kind of like, <gasps> and it was like, I can't do this. I cannot. How old is she right now? At that point, right that she moment. was probably like, uh maybe like six months old. Oh my God. So I was like, I can't, we can't drive to the hospital. So we called 911. Um, they transported us by ambulance to the hospital. And that was because we had made multiple trips to the ER before because of the coughing, because of like, uh-huh. um just everything that she was going through it just wasn't right. But it was at that point that we finally we went to the hospital. um they put her on some steroids, and then they gave us um a referral to get like a bronchoscopy, so like to go down and I've like see what's done. going <laughs> on in her lungs. And so she had um a couple of viruses growing in her lungs, which is Jeez. dark and damp and whatever. So it's growing. and um put her on some different steroids and breathing treatments. and it was she was like a brand new kid
0: it's got to be the scariest thing in the
1: world it is it is scary because i mean you have one you have no idea what you're doing as a mom anyways it's like day by day like whatever works i don't know but then you throw in when your baby is sick too so um but then brad also had like childhood asthma so like she kind of got i mean not as like an infant they didn't diagnose that until she was a couple years old but um like she struggled with asthma not so much now but throughout her childhood too that's crazy how old is she now she's eight time man i know i have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old that's nuts i know that's nuts i know um all
0: right so your mom yeah also i i maybe i did know this but it's funny that your sister's a nurse whenever i think of people that are nurses i'm always like do you just constantly text them and be like what's this
1: my sister (laughs) and my best friend and we can talk about that later but i'm not talking my sister and i don't speak anymore oh um we can talk about that later uh but it's, it was my sister or my best friend because they're both nurses okay. my best friend works in um pontiac at the this McLaren. normal click i know i know yeah what is this weird rash
0: yeah that's funny they're
1: like it's a rash
0: yeah i have one doctor friend and i never wanted to be that person so it was always like emergency situation yeah I'd be like, "Hey, describe a hernia for me." <laughs> okay, yeah, it's a yeah. hernia. Got yep. it. All Got right. it. Yep. <laughs> um, so, all right, you're you're in Florida still. Mm-hmm. How? Well, yeah, I don't I don't know when you came back here, but um, let's just say you're 2013. Oh, so you're not in Florida? Oh, wait, very no, no, no. Just kidding. <laughs> Nope, like, that was
1: when Haley was born, was ah. 2013. We came back 2016.
0: Okay. So, so you're still only down there what? 4, four years? years? Okay.
1: Yeah, we um we got married in January, I mean technically December 28th of 2015, but at the courthouse and then we had like our ceremony uh January 16th. Um and I was late and I just thought it was the stress of the wedding and whatever and then couple weeks later i'm like all right what's going on so i took a test and found out i was pregnant with my son um and so that is when we made the decision of like it was really tough with Haley. so we need to make a decision because at that point my sister had already moved back to michigan
0: date those younger guys and you get the the younger sperm Christine. keep it in your (laughs) pants
1: uh he probably looked at me and i got pregnant because i was like how did this happen um but yeah we we made a decision because At that point as well. So when Haley, this is like backstory. So when Haley was really sick, his mom was getting very um, frustrated with us and pissed off at us because we just need, like when we would come home from the hospital or just long days or Haley was sick or whatever, you just need that time. Like you don't need other people over. So she would offer, which was super kind. She would come offer to come over or make us dinner or whatever. And we were like, thank you, but no, thank you. Like we just, we want to rest. We just want to be home. And she would get really ugly about it. Um, so we actually stopped talking to her.
0: That's a bummer.
1: I know. It does suck because they, I mean, he has a lot of siblings and unfortunately he still doesn't talk to them That's now. gotta be,
0: so I, I'm just curious because you've gone through this, um, that's gotta be such a strange like balance act, right? Like do you, cause on one hand you have this person that's like. You know you have a babysitter mm-hmm. whenever right mm-hmm. and you you can trust them with the kid right usually mm, kind of. and uh, <laughs> and so um, like that's great but then on the other hand it's like oh but this is also kind of a toxic relationship yeah. between me and that
1: person yeah uh
0: and then balancing those out to like
1: yeah she so- was crazy so it was pretty easy to be like i don't want my <laughs> kid around okay. that yeah she was a bit crazy <laughs> and brad too. knew that too so i mean he's the one that kind of cut things off i Would encourage him, and holidays get hard to be not with your family because he also has four sisters and a brother, so there's six of them. So I know that was like tough for him. But then like they just got so ugly.
0: Was he the first one with a kid?
1: No, Uh, no. His sister, his older sister, has had a kid right before us. Um, But yeah, we were the second, and that's weird too because you're like almost meeting your parents like his parents for the first time and be like oh by the way i'm pregnant
0: you're gonna love me yeah yeah
1: <laughs> so yeah
0: yeah so uh how far apart are your two three years you said mm-hmm. yeah. yeah five and eight so yeah tell me about that
1: <laughs> so we found out we were pregnant with kaden right after our we got married um and then we made a decision so a lot of his family lived in north florida and tallahassee uh, and then my family was in Michigan. So we just made a choice like we need to have support because my sister was gone at that point, and we had my aunt down there. but um, it's just different. So we weighed like the options of either moving to Tallahassee to be around his family or moving back to Michigan. Um, and he hates the heat. So it was it was a simple decision for him. It was really hard for me. I love living in Florida. yeah, I would still be down there if situations were different. But I loved living down there. Um, but, I think that had a lot to do with it being around my mom, um my sister, her kids. So we decided to move back to Michigan. And then so we moved back after the school year, so probably like the end of June of 2016. And then Caden was due in October of 2016, but he came um he came at 36 weeks. So he was like a week to premature cuz 37 would be full term. Yeah. So he was a little premature. But I'm like a super strong believer in everything happens for a reason. And I think that we made the right choice by coming back to Michigan. Uh, Everything that we went through with Caden when he was born, um, I'm glad that we were back in Michigan and we had the support that we did.
0: Didn't have to do it alone.
1: Yeah. Because I can't imagine like thinking back on it. Uh, Like I know we would have had his like grandparents and his dad in Tallahassee.
0: did your sister move back to Michigan?
1: she did she moved okay. back probably like a year before I did because
0: okay. so really she also the...
1: got pregnant with her with um so she has Christopher who's uh 19 now
0: I was gonna say that's she's got and then JC older kid. yeah JC
1: is uh she's Haley's age so they're like six months apart and then um oh my God Juliet.
0: So she did a whole know. whole round two.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when they got pregnant with Juliet, uh, actually, I think Juliet was born down in Florida.
0: But so you had your she your whole family fifth. here mm-hmm. then. Yep. So that's I mean that's got to be really nice.
1: Yeah, it was nice to be Does back your, with family and friends.
0: Are you speaking with or in contact with your dad throughout your my real dad's thirties? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay.
1: No, I recently just started speaking to him again. Okay. He actually reached out on Facebook. So it's been like baby steps. I When was the to... last
0: time you talked to him? Prior. Probably when
1: I was like thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Is
0: that is that around the time you said you did that like a month up in yeah. Ludington? Yeah.
1: That was like the worst month yeah. of my life. And then yeah, that was probably it. That was it was awful. He drank every night and was at bars every night and I was at home and I remember him coming home at like three o'clock in the morning like demanding crab legs and his girlfriend was like fuck you no and i just loved loved the fighting and it was just awful yeah so yeah we stopped talking after that yeah
0: that's i mean that that if there's something i relate to yeah (laughs)
1: because
0: i i stopped talking to my dad in my early mid-20s um and didn't talk to him till he died well not till he died i didn't talk to him then he died yeah (laughs) um but yeah like the when you're a kid those memories of like yeah. just the alcohol shit like oh yeah. that's my parent passed the fuck out yeah <laughs> like, yeah and then looking back he still like drive around <clears throat> with us and have you know, beer between his legs. And, oh, yeah. And as a kid, I didn't
1: know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. There was a time that he, because mind you, he had his girlfriend, but there was a time that, like, his girlfriend at the time, her kid was getting married, so she was, like, preoccupied with, like, helping her daughter with the wedding. Yeah. And there was a time that my dad had taken me over to one of his lady friends' house. So that's weird, because you know why he's there. Yeah, uh, and then I'm just, like, in the living room. Like, this is weird. Yeah. So. Fast forward it's time to leave he's shit-faced he has a manual car so he drove us home and i had to shift the car i don't know what the fuck i'm doing um that yeah, was yeah that was like what the hell is like life right now what, what is, is and i know on? i'm
0: going back in time here but yeah. what did uh this is this is all projecting now what did what did that look like like your idea of alcoholics you said you didn't Mm -hmm. really do anything till college did Mm -hmm. you drink at all in high school or anything Mm -mm. okay no well because so i the first time i drank i guess it might have been the second time i drank but either way it was like the first or second time i drank yeah i drank on a friday night and a saturday night and i came to school monday and i turned around i remember this so specifically because it's so stupid (laughs) but i was so concerned about alcohol because like my whole life was drilled in my head like in your family you'll be an alcoholic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, turns out they were right Um, (laughs) but i I turned around to this girl who was like a senior and i was a junior at the time and i was like hey i got drunk on friday and saturday does this mean i'm an alcoholic (laughs) and i was dead fucking serious and she laughed just like because that's a fucking stupid question but that's it was always like a concern that i had until i Until I drank enough where that wasn't a concern of mine anymore. Yeah. Um, And I'm just wondering, given that history, was that ever a narrative that played in your head? Oh, for
1: sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember. (laughs) So um, in college, Tim and I break up. So the following year, I get an apartment with uh, one of my friends, Chad, and then we went in blind with two other people. So there's four of us in an apartment, super fun, love them all. Um, but I remember being like so shit faced in the middle of the day. And so at the time my biological father and I this is like the only thing I knew of him, but he was the postmaster in Ludington. So I would be shit faced in the middle of the day calling the post office to like blame him for me drinking. Like this is all your <laughs> That's fault. That's my favorite
0: thing. I love that. <laughs> I want to talk to, like, a postal worker. They're like, this fucking 19-year-old girl keeps calling.
1: <laughs> Looking office. for Gary.
0: Wasted. Um, yeah. That's really funny. Yeah.
1: Never got a hold of him, though. He was never there when I called. But, no, Postmaster. and it's funny because they're like. Has
0: other things going
1: on. Well, and it's funny because people would be always like, I don't look like my mom or my sister. Um, so I'm sure I get whatever I look like from my father. But, um, the, the running joke was like you're the mailman's kid because like i don't look like my mom i look like my sister and i'm like i'm legit the mailman's child <laughs> <That's funny.
0: laughs> he
1: really is mailman
0: so could have been the pool boy so i, I think know good. You're, you're good um <laughs> so yeah i I went off on a tangent there we were somewhere but you're back here you have you have a couple kids <laughs> mm-hmm. like, um i mean is, i'm guessing that was always on the radar, given your. Desire to, like, be around kids for work all the time. What? Drinking? No, wanting to have kids. Oh.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's on my radar, too. I mean, yeah, being around kids all the time would also lead me to drinking. I'm a lush for wine. So, yeah, that's on my mind. I get through. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I've always wanted to be a mom. I'd have another one.
0: Three. Going for three?
1: I don't think. I think I'm done. You're nuts. I love my sleep. Yeah. But I wouldn't be disappointed (laughs) if I have another one.
0: So what where does the divorce come into play?
1: Um I would say things started to go south when Caden was in the hospital. So he was born premature and he had chylothorax. Um and so I would spend day after day after day in the hospital by myself just feeling like those feelings, like being alone and Brad's not there and I knew in the back of my head, like he has to work, he has to be home, he whatever, yeah. he's trying to like pay our bills, um, but going through that and he's for home three with months, Haley, I
0: imagine. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, yeah, three months. Three months in the hospital. What?
0: Why? What is? What is? Yeah. What is the thorax? What is the who? <laughs>
1: <What> the, <happened? laughs> okay, so he was born with kylothorax, ch- is something that like normally babies develop um, if there's like a heart defect and after like a heart surgery. So to be born with chylothorax is super rare. So. I had gone into the hospital. I remember going into work one morning. I'm working in Pontiac at the time, like Waterford Pontiac. Um, so I'm working there. I wake up in the morning. The weekend prior to that, I was in a lot of pain. But I just remember like, the same type of thing with Haley, like Braxton Hicks or contractions or whatever. Uh, I'm just going to sleep it off. So the weekend, I was in a lot of pain. Um, but I just continued to like sleep it off. I just need rest. It's yeah. nothing. Because with Haley, I just, every time, I would go into the hospital yeah. and be like, go home. Just go home. <laughs> Uh, so I tried to ignore it with Caden and then I had woke up uh, on September 13th and I went to school and that morning I was like spotting and I'm like, this ain't right. So I'm going to go to school and as soon as my doctor opens, I'm going to call them and let them know what's going on and what I'm feeling and see what they say. So I had given, um, like our assistant principal, I gave her a heads up, like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. I'm going to call my doctor and see what they say to do. Uh, and so... My my students had specials right away in the morning. So as soon as they went off to specials, uh, one of like there's like deans in the school. So one of the deans who Mm -hmm. has like six kids, she heard about what what was going on. She came in and she was like, you are leaving now. She's like, I've done this six times. You need to leave. So I packed up. I left. I called my doctors. And at this point, I can't stand. I can't sit like driving in my car. I'm I'm like this like on my steering wheel, have a half hour drive home. And I call my doctor, and they're like, "You need to come in." Um, So I came in, and um, they did an exam. At that point, I was, um, God, I was—I think I was like six centimeters dilated. Oh my god! Like I was like (laughs) ready to go, but
0: baby's like, "Hey,
1: I know." (laughs) Um, But the doctor noticed that like my stomach was like bulging in certain areas, and she was like, "Before, because I." Um, had Caden at Crittenton. So my doctor's office was connected to the hospital. So Uh uh, she said, before we send you over to labor and delivery, we're going to do like an ultrasound. So there, that's when they found that there was fluid in his lungs. Um, So they had like doctors on standby. So they rushed me over uh, to labor and delivery. Every time I would have a contraction, his heart rate would just plummet. Um, So one of the doctors came in and she's like messing around in there. Um, And she was like, we need to take you over for at this point, my mom—I already contacted my mom, my sister, um, Brad. They were all at the hospital, and um, she was like, "We're gonna have to do an emergency C-section." So I just l- remember looking at my sister with, like, not even Brad, but my sister, and like with like fear. Like those thoughts never go through your head. Yeah. Uh, Haley's birth was so easy. Um, C-section had never even like crossed my mind. You never even talk about it with your doctor. So and everything early was like at this point, too. Yeah. Which so is... we're not prepared. We had yeah. nothing packed for the hospital. Um, that's gotta be so, yeah. They rushed us over and um, they had a doctor on standby. So, as soon as I gave birth to Caden, uh, they had taken him, they inserted like a chest tube. Um, and mind you, by this point, I had my epidural, but it was also on like just loopy. I don't yeah, know what's yeah. going on at this point. And I um, remember when like? I was did
0: you hear crying or anything? No. so you're just, I imagine, you're freaking out.
1: No, I do, I do remember asking, like because brad was there and i was like why isn't he crying so i remember like in my like yeah drugged up way just like i don't hear him crying what's going on subconsciously
0: you know what to expect yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah
1: so uh i did eventually like start to hear him cry so that gave me like a peace of mind but then i was so in and out of it um they had taken me back to recovery and at that point it was everything is such a blur but i just remember them bringing him into an into the hospital room because I'm at Crittenden into a hospital room. He was like in an incubator and there was like a team of doctors around and it was pretty much for me to say like bye. Um not by like he's passing, but like yeah. by like we need to transport him. Yeah, you're not gonna see him. Um, a while. So yeah, I didn't even see him uh because I couldn't like the incubator is up here. So I like yeah. touched his hand. Um and that was hard because then you're stuck in you're stuck in the hospital, like recovering yourself. I can't walk. I just had a C-section. Like that's difficult. So you're in one hospital, and then they transported him down to St. John's in Detroit.
0: Oh wow! So so he's uh, not even in the same fucking city. Mm-mm.
1: No. So I'm in Rochester, and he's in Detroit. And so I was released um that Friday. So I didn't meet Caden until. So I had him on a Tuesday, and I was released on Friday, and. Brad came to get me and we went straight down there and I'm still in a wheelchair. He's pushing me around cause I can't walk still just recovering. And, um, oh my God, I don't know. That was hard too. Cause like, yeah. you feel so <laughs> helpless. Like you can't do anything. Uh, I couldn't nurse him because the chylothorax is like, it's just every time he would like breathe, his lungs would fill with this like fluid. It's like so the definition
0: like, of helpless. Like, yeah, it, like, there's a baby I just had. I can't touch it. Can't, it's in a fucking box.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He couldn't take my breast milk because it would make it worse. Like, the fat in my breast milk would just make the fluid worse. Oh so all I could do was pump. And that was my way of feeling like I could do something for him. I don't know what because he can't have my breast milk. But I'm just going to continue to pump and pump and pump because one day he might be able to have it. So that was like I had to continue to remind myself like that is one day. Or maybe this will help. Or... How long
0: before you get to, like, hold him for the first time?
1: Um... God, it was probably, like, two weeks, maybe. Jeez. Yeah. He was, like, in a little bed, and even when I got to hold him, it was, like, all the wires and the tubes, because yeah. he had a chest tube, um, probably for, like, the first month, month and a half. Month so and a he's half.
0: he's there for three months?
1: We, so we were at St. John's for one month, and it was, uh, because it's so rare, they didn't know really what to do. Um, they just knew, like, he couldn't have my breast milk. So um, he was just getting all of his nutrition through, like, IVs. Um, They started him on a formula that was, like, specifically for chylothorax, but he would just vomit that all up. So he he was losing weight by the day his color started to go. Um, So after a month, and mind you, my sister at this point, just being in, like, the medical field, it was, like night after night that she would be researching and there's got to be something we can do or like breast milk is like magic boob milk, right? So yeah. there's got to be something that we can do with this. So she did a lot of research and there's hospitals like in Philadelphia and another one that um, could take your – just like cow's milk, like take your breast milk and skim it, just like take yeah. the fat out of it. Um, so Afterize she
0: – it, bottle it. I know, drinks, yeah. So she – <laughs> researched
1: Research and research. And so after a month of us being there and it was like – I don't know. Every day was just like up and down. There was a time that they, the Kyle fluid, because you can watch it. It's like in the chest tube and it goes into like this little like box thing on the side. and You can see like monitor how much is coming out every day. And it started to um, decrease. So the doctors are like hopeful. Uh, so they had taken the chest tube out. What is then, a, What is
0: a worst case scenario in this situation? like that he has it forever or uh,
1: i don't know i mean I don't obviously know. i
0: guess the worst case scenario is that he doesn't he passes. Have to do that yeah. yeah but
1: um but that's i mean yeah i guess I, so. they just said they had no idea and yeah. i don't want to say they had no idea what they're doing but they had no idea what they're doing they don't they don't experience this yeah. on a daily basis they're it's trial and error every day Which and this is, is like, what we're going to do and this is like most medicine
0: i feel like yeah, is
1: trial and error yeah <laughs> like
0: i feel this way all right let's try this see if this works yeah all right right, we'll it, try something else. that's
1: exactly kind of like how it was like i could probably you know how like doctors make their rounds in the morning yeah i could give it to you. like i could tell you <laughs> this is what we're going to do today or this is whatever has happened yeah um So my sister had done a lot of research, and after a month of being there, she – I didn't even know this was a thing, but she's like, we need to have a family meeting. And that's when you call in, like, the surgeon and the doctors and everybody that's been working on the case. Um, So we all sat down together, and we were at a point where it was either – it was, like, surgery, and that's not what they wanted to do. Just being on a newborn, that was not where they wanted to go with surgery. But even if we went the surgery route, they couldn't do it at St. John's. They didn't have the equipment, so we were going to have to be transported anyways. So – Um, my sister had brought up like brought all this like paperwork and research that she had done and um skimming my breast milk and again they don't have the equipment or the things that they need there so we needed to be transported somewhere that could do it
0: cook's dairy farm
1: right (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny um Uh, sorry so uh ann arbor children's hospital like my children's hospital um They, like a year prior to that, got a centrifuge, and that's where they would skim breast milk. So, um, And that was going to be the other hospital if we needed to do surgery. That's where we were going to be going. So within 24 hours, um, they had us packed up. Ambulance came to get Caden, transported us to Ann Arbor. Um, And I would say within like 48 hours of us being there, as soon as I like walked in the door, because I had brought all my breast milk with me, they took everything and started skimming it like right away um so they had started him um on like the sp- the formula that we were on for Kylothorax it was yeah. like partial that like 75% that 25% my breast milk so they would like start to give it little by little so i would say within 48 hours of being there he was gaining weight and his color came back so it was like miracle so we were there um I mean, he just continued to yeah. progress as we were there. Like I will that's why I'm well, so then you're forever. there for another two months? So we're there um until Thanksgiving. In Ann Arbor? Yeah. Yeah. So I was <laughs> I right was down driving the street, Yeah, deals. I was driving back and forth pretty much on a daily basis. Like sometimes I would stay there, um, and sometimes I would drive home because you're trying to be a mom at the hospital, but then also a mom at home. Yeah. Um and Haley didn't know what was going on. So um yeah, just driving back and forth and you just like some people are like, how did you do that? Like every day? And you just do it. Yeah. Like you're just on autopilot at that point. Like I'm getting up in the morning, I'm taking Haley to daycare, I'm driving out to the hospital. Yeah. Um, Never thought like, you know, when you drive through, drive like McDonald's drive through and they have Ronald McDonald's and you're like, oh, the McDonald's employees just like pocket that shit. Like that's not a real thing. <laughs> no, it's for sure real. I donate every time I go because we, um like they housed us, like the Ronald McDonald house, like it's a Oh, wow. It's a real thing. And they took it real good. I mean, it's just a place to stay. Like when we were, um, they had like in the hospital, there was like, I mean, it was tiny. It was like just yeah, yeah. a one bedroom little place to sleep at night when your kid is in yeah. the NICU. Um, so it's just a quiet place to sleep. But then there was like us pretty close to the hospital, but like kind of like by like the dorms, there was like the actual Ronald McDonald house. And that was where we would stay to bring Haley because we couldn't have Haley come and stay in that like little one bedroom I don't know what you want to call it, like little, I can't, yeah. like a hotel room I, I guess. like calling it
0: the Ronald McDonald. <laughs> yeah, the Ronald McDonald house. house. Yeah, inside the hospital.
1: Yeah. So yeah. we stayed at like the, when we would bring Haley up and they would have toys and like a playground and stuff. And just being at U of M, they had like this huge open, like for when you did bring your kids, yeah. like a little, a, not a little, but a huge like playroom for her. So we were there, um, let's see, September to October. We came home um, right before Thanksgiving. So because he was progressing. So we came home. The doctor was like, there's no reason for you to stay here because he's progressing. Here's what you look for. We had an in-home nurse. So she would come a couple times a week just to like check Keenan's vitals and make sure everything was still good. Um, so we got to come home for Thanksgiving. And then the day after Thanksgiving, they readmitted us. So they readmitted us to put him back on full fat breast milk. So we went back to the hospital and he was doing really good, um, but it was to get him back on full um, fat breast milk. And I remember... It's probably a couple of days after we had come back and it was like the team meeting um, when we were in Ann Arbor and they came in, the lactation consultant had come in and she asked me, uh, how would you feel about nursing your son? I'm sorry. I like It's been five years yeah. and I get choked up every time because- um,
0: You never got to do that yet.
1: I never got to do yeah. it. And that's like just that bond that you have. Yeah. Um, was
0: your answer like, yes, immediately? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I actually started sobbing. Um and she said, How would you feel about trying to nurse Kaden today? And I lost it and I started crying and they're like kinda like what the fuck is wrong with this girl? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I have waited two months to hear that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I didn't even call Brad first. I called my sister first and I was crying and she thinks like the worst thing ever. Um and I said, Jen, I get to breastfeed my child today. Yeah. And she came up and um, I'm sorry.
0: That's all right.
1: It's been five years. It's I'm fine. Better. I'm okay. I'm okay. It's been five years, but it's still like...
0: Yeah, that's a big moment. It feels... Yeah.
1: It didn't last long. He, I mean, he had trouble latching, but it was like the point that I got to try. Yeah. But even to have him have like... I mean, I had a freezer full of breast milk. So, um, yeah. So we were there until... Stock for the winter. To, yeah, I know. We were there until uh, December... I think we came home December twelfth, and then I went back to work. That was hard too because I only had Caden home for a week before I had to go back to work. I didn't have to, but like we were living, um, we were living off credit cards. We, I mean, we had no income. We had Brad's income, Um, but because I had just started,
0: three months in the hospital, yeah, (laughs) will break you. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Yeah, so.
1: I had to go back to work. That was just something like we needed to survive. So that was really hard having your kid home for a week yeah. and having to go back. Like you never had the time to cope and adapt. And, I mean, I went back to school for a week and then we went off to Christmas break. So I was like, I just need to make it through the week. But then um, that's when I decided to leave the classroom. After Like I went back after Christmas break and we finished the school year and I was in such a rough place, like not having time to just like cope being a new mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was when I decided it was just so stressful. I was spending my weekends up there trying to get lesson plans or things done and I couldn't do it anymore. I was burned out. So I decided to leave the classroom. Um, and then I found the position in Clarkston and it was still being able to be in the school and help kids, but not having to take on the workload of the teacher. Yeah. But I mean, uh, now it's different because now it's, taking out Which, the workload of <laughs> a normal teacher but well,
0: i, I want to get into that job too and, and what you're you're doing with did you say you got your master's mm-hmm. yeah and yeah I, but i before we do that i'm just curious because you said that was so Caden being born that was the time that kind of like started oh yeah that's what exposing we started some about. Oh, some stuff with, with with you and Brad, um, Or
1: yeah i feel like that was when we started at least for me that was when we started to like pull apart and it was nothing that like anybody did. It was just like the feeling of me being so alone and so unsupported. And even though I know I wasn't yeah. like looking back on it, like I know that I had family and friends and I know he was there and just trying to support the family, but it was just that. I imagine the entire ordeal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was really hard and there'd be times that we'd fight and I would yell at him for like not being there for me or not understanding. Um. But I was in such a rough place emotionally that like I know now like he was only trying to do what was best for our family um but that started to pull us apart and I don't know just over the next couple years it was like I I maybe maybe it was on me but I started to pull away um when I went back for my master's I mean that's like a whole thing I would never like attack my children children's father but like i went back for my master's and he started video gaming again and it's fine like you play video games you do you because i'm going to sit i'm going to put the kids to bed and do homework all night um we also talked about him stepping up when i was going back to school like this is going to be a lot of work because i'm working full-time we have two kids have a house to take care of um i need your help and nothing changed like I went back to school, and I'm doing homework every single night on the weekends, and I'm still having to take on the workload of everything that I was doing before as far as cooking dinner, and taking care of the kids, and, like, I don't know. It was just, like, he almost checked out at 8 o'clock every night to go play video games. Yeah. So, which is fine. I don't – like, you do what – I wouldn't yeah. – you do what makes you happy, but at the same time, like, you are a father, and it's your responsibility to help with the kids too. So I just felt like – and we had – Many fights about him stepping up, and I don't know. It was all oh, it was a constant fight. He would go downstairs so he couldn't hear the kids, but like when I'm trying to do homework and they're constantly still coming out of the bedroom. I need this or I need that. Like yeah. I'm, whatever. Like it was just frustrating. Yeah, video um,
0: games are. I just like, I, and I know you keep <laughs> being like it's fine, You're like that's what you want to do, but they. I mean, we we did a whole episode on like addictive behaviors that are you know not you know alcohol drugs and everything Mm -hmm. and video games are like growing higher and higher on that list just uh how you interact with them and i myself like i have addict behavior 110 percent. and so this is off subject but the treadmill the only time i play a game Is when I'm on the treadmill. I'll put it in front of the TV and I'll play for an hour while I walk three miles. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's it's just like, you have to recognize that you have to insert your own discipline into that behavior. Well, yeah. Because it doesn't come with it built into it.
1: I feel like when it starts to take away from like your responsibilities as an adult, that's the problem. And like on the weekends... Like, Kaden would take – Haley was done with her nap phase, but, like, Kaden would take a nap, so it was almost every weekend, it was, didn't matter if it was, like, time for his nap or not, he would get to check out. Yeah, He'd check out at, like, 12 and then play for three hours yeah. regardless if Kaden was sleeping or not. So that was, like – that was hard on me because I'm still trying to write papers all day long and research and read and do yeah. homework and whatever, but still being a mom – and like that was, I would have never went back for my master's had I known I wasn't gonna have like the support that he promised me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did it. I just pushed through, and you just keep going. It's again, it's like you're on autopilot. You just do what you got to do.
0: When do you graduate um, with your master's?
1: Oh, when was it? Was it 2019?
0: Okay, pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic. <laughs> yep. What? Uh, and can, can you say what that is again? What did you?
1: Um. So, it's a trauma and resilience in an educational okay. setting.
0: So, do you know all about the Aces? Yeah. Oh my god can we talk for another four
1: hours <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think i'm blessed I and mean, this is like side note but just being at uh the school that i'm at at north sashaba our principal has done so much work um just with trauma and identifying that like a lot of the behaviors that we see with the kids that we work with are coming from their trauma it's their brain's response Give to them an award what...
0: that, like doing addressing but it's that also spreading across childhood. clarkston too yeah. which is
1: great like i feel like my our principal kind of like started it and now it's spreading across the district, which is amazing because they're identifying um, like, even when it comes to just suspending kids, that like that is our last resort to whatever they need to be yep. at school and we need to help support them in whatever way possible. We work with, um have you ever heard of Dr. Jim Henry? No. He's like one of the leading trauma experts in the okay. state of Michigan. He is um like the co-founder of CTAC and Kalamazoo.
0: That's exciting.
1: Tra- Uh, What is it? It's uh, Children's Trauma Assessment Center in Kalamazoo. So he's a social worker, and we work with him. And this man is amazing. Like, I would love to just be in his brain and, like, understand. So, um during the pandemic, it was hard for him to come out, but we would still do, still do like virtual meetings or we call him like when we're really struggling with a kid, like, what do you think? Like, here's what's going on. Here's the trauma that they've been through. What do you think that we could help do? And even getting the teachers to understand it too and being on board with when you're seeing the behaviors in the classroom, it's it's their response to what they've been through. Yeah. Um. So he's just been amazing. So he now works with the, like specifically us at North Ash, um, <laughs> but with the district too. So we have a meeting coming up, like a big day of professional That's development so... where we get to meet with him That's and he'll come like, He'll and makes in me a...
0: feel so good about the
1: future oh i know well and i think uh, like i don't I... know like i would love to be yeah work with jim henry
0: well i He's can amazing. you imagine if there was something like that like when we were kids i just oh like, i know like i when i learned about the aces so dr nadine Burkharis harris mm-hmm. was on I think it was like armchair expert or something that I was listening to. And I was like, who is this lady? Like she's saying all this stuff. And like, uh, I find out about the ACE scores and like mm-hmm. your different traumas and everything. Oh my, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, there's like a Buzzfeed quiz. for this. Like, <laughs> let's fucking figure this out. And I dove like deep in and I wrote her book and, and started learning about like the ACEs and resiliency factors. And mm-hmm. I'm like a six or seven. <laughs> and, and uh, I was like, Because oh it explains so many things, mm-hmm. and there's they've been able to like tie it together with actual physical health things, and mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, I have I have an autoimmune disease that could technically be contributed to from the trauma that I had as, mm-hmm. as a child, and uh, you, when you're able to make those connections mm-hmm. in your own life, it's like, bing, it's yeah. fucking insane, yeah, and then you see how you can use it as preventative. Mm-hmm. uh techniques for mm-hmm. all the kids that are like in it right now mm-hmm. and it's just it's like this fucking magical like oh my god we can just address our issues yeah. and not sweep them under the rug right and all of a sudden like this generation's going to be much better off than previous
1: yeah
0: and it's it's insane and yeah. it, I, i'm i was just obsessed with it for a while <laughs> yeah i did a whole ace episode on this podcast really um, yeah
1: oh i'm gonna have to listen to yeah, it yeah uh
0: i i just love it um yeah and uh, that's so cool that you're you're working specifically with trauma and resiliency. Yeah. Cuz in that age group you're working with, that's like
1: it's, huge. Where it's most affected. I mean, I can't tell you how many parents like I've talked to just like explaining like what my role is and what we do on a daily basis. Um, and par- so many parents like god, I wish I I wish there was somebody like that when I was growing up. Yeah. Like someone just to like go and talk to and like help me cope through Like having feelings is normal, but when you're having those really big feelings and you just don't know as a child how to process through it and it comes out as anger or it comes out as whatever. So, um, I mean, connection and relationships are huge at our school. Like that's first and foremost before academics, that if they don't feel like if kids don't feel connected to you as a teacher or just any safe adult in the building, you're not getting anywhere with them academically. Do you have a lot of
0: like naming emotions and stuff too with Mm -hmm. kids? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Seriously, I talked about this for a nice I, know. <laughs>
1: um, I know,
0: I know. I'm curious too, do you have to spend a lot of time explaining what trauma actually is to parents and like, you know, big T, little T trauma and like how, you know, a divorce, even if it was good, a divorce is like yeah. a, a trauma marker and, and stuff like that.
1: Um, No, I, I mean, we, we put out information and I feel like information is that. We don't talk to parents about like, maybe the reason why they're acting like this is because it's trauma they've been through. Um, I feel like a lot of parents might feel like they're being judged or that it's their fault or what they've been through. Like, I mean, you can have a really high ACE score or, I mean, my daughter right now is struggling hardcore with like a lot of anger. And like, if you go through that with her, her score would be like one or two. Yeah. And just being like with the divorce and having the, like the supportive family and someone who do whatever possible to help you is different than having like the trauma but no one to acknowledge it and yeah. you're just dealing with it the, have those the bumpers, toxic yeah the like yeah. Factors, yeah so and kids are so resilient but in, and i think just the divorce the separation in itself with haley is um i mean she's she just doesn't get it she doesn't understand yeah. why mom and dad just can't be together why we can't just be a normal family yeah. um
0: she's the same age my brother was when my parents divorced
1: yeah so, we're working with her. Um, but, but that's, I mean, yeah.
0: it's huge to recognize that and be able yeah. to because yeah, she's probably gonna act out a little but yeah. like being able to be like, how are you feeling like yeah. identify your
1: feelings and yeah, like, I can't uh, wait till we can get like a little bit like back to normal because prior to the pandemic, like I mean, we still partner with Easter Seals, um, but we had Easter Seals like therapists coming into the building, oh, so wow. we could. We could put in referrals for kids who were struggling or who had been through anything. Um, we'd do a referral for a parent. Like, they would, like, say, yeah, anything to help my child. And so they would be able to see be seen at school. So they weren't pulled out of school. They'd meet, like, for their half-hour, 45-minute sessions and then go back to class. Um, but then, like, during the pandemic, that was shut down, not having people – I mean, we were virtual, but, like yeah. – having people come in. So there'll be time to time that the therapists still come in, but it's not as frequently. Like, they're still able to be seen through Easter Seals, but it's just outside. Like, it's either virtual or at their offices. They're not coming into the school as much. I mean, we had Clarkson Medical Group in our school because a lot of our families, like I said, like, we're a Title I school. So families who didn't either, like, have transportation to go to the pediatrician or whatever, Clarkson Medical Group was at our school. Like, we had an office... With a nurse practitioner, so that they were there. Uh, They're at the middle school too, but they were there, um, I think, twice a week. So parents could set up like well visits and things like that that they mm. could be seen at school on the spot if they were sick. You just called to be like, "Hey, can they see yeah. Bianca today to be seen for whatever?" I mean, I've gone in there before too when I can't leave school, and she's like, "Yeah, you have." My sister won't respond to this
0: text. What is this? I know, I know, right? <laughs> um,
1: well,
0: that, that's that's remarkable, though. I. I'm just so encouraged by like at the fact that that's a thing that's, because mm-hmm. um, you read about it in places like progressive places, you know, like mm-hmm. Portland and San Francisco, and mm-hmm. to see like the town I grew up in, the schools I went to, yeah. are doing this uh, is is very yeah. encouraging. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really cool. I feel
1: super blessed to be part of. It's nice. I think this is the first school. I don't think I know. This is the first school that like I've been on the same page with. It's hard to find that school that like you you fit in with like your values, your morals, what you believe in, how you believe children should be um, treated and taught and cared for. And I've found it. Yeah. Um, and this is my fifth year that I've been there, and I don't plan on leaving. Like our principal is amazing. Um, like her beliefs are like right up. Like we just work so well together, um, between her, my social worker. Now I have a partner, so it's just like it's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um,
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So, I feel like before we, because we're pretty current, <laughs> but I mean, pandemic and when did, what does the, I guess, end of that relationship look
1: like? Um.
0: Because now we're...
1: <laughs> it sounds stupid. So it was like my family Christmas party. And that, like, just had it. I was just so frustrated. And I was, I knew I was, like, falling out of love. I had talked brought like, brought up, like, counseling before, like, couples therapy or whatever. He was never for it. Um, and I remember it was the day of our family Christmas party. My sister also scheduled her daughter's birthday party that morning. So it was a super busy day. So we went to the trampoline park. I took Haley. Brad stayed home with Caden. And all I asked him to do was like just get him ready. So when we get home, I can get like Haley showered after being in the gross like trampoline park, showered, and we can go.
0: Yeah.
1: And I came home, and nothing was done. Caden wasn't ready. He wasn't dressed. Brad was playing video games. I lost my shit. Yeah. Like, literally probably looked like a crazy person i lost my shit stormed around the house i'm raging getting Haley ready getting kaden ready um and i told him don't come i don't want you to come i don't want you with my family i can't look at you right now and it's always been to the like one of us will give in or like come on let's go yeah and i didn't i was just like i can't deal with this i can't deal with him uh so i left i took the kids I went to my family Christmas party, just lied to everybody and told them he wasn't feeling good. So he stayed home. Uh, But that was pretty much like, that was it. And he was like, that hurt that you told me not to come, but then you actually like left like that hurt. And I, I was done.
0: Yeah.
1: I wasn't in love with this man anymore. Um, So February, I think it was like February that we had like officially decided to separate and. Um, we didn't tell the kids until school was out until um, June. So we told the kids. And then he ended up living with us. So we were separated, but he stayed with us until 2020. How was that? It was weird. <laughs> it was weird. Like, we were still sleeping in the same bed. Because he had talked about, like, trying to find his own place or that he was going to get a bed and just sleep in the basement and whatever. At this point, it was it's over. Uh, during that time, I mean, you come to, like, different points and you – I probably asked five six times to get counseling we can work on this for the kids whatever and he uh he's always such a cheap ass and was like i don't see what the point is of going and we're going to spend all this money and then we're still going to have the same outcome so that was how can you be with somebody who doesn't (laughs)
0: if anybody wants me to go to therapy for any reason i'm (laughs)
1: there i mean it just it was it's hard to stay with somebody who doesn't want to fight and who thinks that we can get through this fight like we had some issues and it was never I feel like it was never anything big and that's what's so hard it's like there was no infidelity there was no whatever it was just like we fought all the time it there was never like I mean we weren't like wealthy but like we lived comfortably and so it was never like money issues it was just the fact of like us arguing all the time and we are both very stubborn people so getting in our own heads and I am not perfect by any means um so i know that i have like my own responsibility but it's also like i tried to explain to him sometimes i need people to like put me in my own lane yeah. and like i am a very stubborn person i am very strong-headed and whatever but um i think it would be good to have somebody an unbiased person to sit and help us like this is why they have degrees in this
0: yeah.
1: this is why they have couples therapy is yeah. to figure out your shit uh, and he never wanted. He know He didn't want to spend the money.
0: Yeah, that's. that's
1: and crazy. that was hard. So yeah, we we lived in the same home together, and then July of 2020, he moved out. And then I mean, we. It's taken this long to actually Good old like pandemic. Get yeah, yeah yeah, and that's what like a lot of people assumed was like, oh, the pandemic must have been hard on them, but this was yeah, yeah. pre-pandemic. This was but coming. Then, but then
0: you you have this happen, and then you're
1: yeah. I don't posted on Facebook like I'm going through shit right now. I'm no, getting separated. I'm just wondering like, what it was
0: like from going from you you have this person in your life and like it's not great at the end. Mm-hmm. But then not only are you like alone, but then it's pandemic alone.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, so Yeah, and that's, that's super hard too cuz my mom and my switch. sister stayed in their house. I mean
0: Yeah.
1: My sister and I were still talking at that time and um they did not go anywhere. Like yeah. my mom, they she was working same. from home. They got sent, like she was not doing anything. I work at school, so I'm around these germ-infested children all day and, <laughs> and adults. So, like, I think yeah. my comfort level was different than hers. But I respected like the fact that like you don't want to be around anybody. And so, I mean, it was hard because you're going through the separation. But then the people that you depend on the most, you can't see, you can't be with. And yes, we'd have video calls, but it's not it's not the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that was super tough i had like i mean my blood pressure was through the roof my doctor had me on blood pressure meds oh wow um i mean zoloft is my best friend probably because i was on it after kaden (laughs) and then i got off of it for a while and then when the separation started i mean i was a mess um trying to figure out how to be like a single mom and take care of these two kids and then work full time and uh it was exhausting but again it's back to that like autopilot you just do you just go yeah and you I don't
0: get know lost if that's in like, that though. Yeah, it can be a can yeah be a bad place to be. Yeah. Autopilot can yeah. be scary.
1: Yeah. Well, she put me back in my Zoloft, and that's yeah. been that's been great for me because it levels me out. Like, of course, I'm still crazy at times, but <laughs> I mean, at least levels me out, and my children can deal with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I well,
0: don't that's, know. I, I love I love what you're doing. Um, that I just I can't get enough of that. That's so cool. And
1: uh, it's like part two. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but that, I love it. Yeah. I'm I'm I I'm good. <laughs> I mean, did, did I not talk about anything you wanted to bring up?
1: I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy now. I met Rick. We've been together for like six months, and Ooh. we've done more in six. Met months.
0: somebody in the pandemic. That's I actually did. more impressive. I did. I was
1: very skeptical because it was online That's where you and. Be. Uh,
0: Most of us are terrible.
1: Couple glasses of wine. And I was like, hmm, dating app. Okay, let's see what's out there. Like, I I think it was more so like, would anybody be interested in me? Like, am I worthy or am I whatever? Am I cute enough to like meet somebody? And he was one of the first guys who messaged me. And, like, I didn't – you know how, like, the dating apps are, like, free for whatever, but if you want to see what they're messaging you, got to pay for it. I don't. know that. Okay. Well, that's how it goes, I guess. <laughs> I'd
0: be a little uh, – or Erica, at least, would be concerned if I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: I don't – know I could tell that, like, I could see that he messaged me, but I hadn't paid for it because I'm like, I don't know if I want to pay to meet somebody. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I kept getting messages, and I'm like, that's all something right, now else, I'm just If you're paying
0: to meet someone, that's called horsemanship. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: So I paid for it, and I – I mean – whatever like there was messages or whatever but like talking with him just felt so natural so we probably talked for like two weeks and then uh decided to meet up one night and it was bad at first like we met and he was good but I mean I I can't say it was bad but uh we order our drinks like we're just gonna go and see if we hit it off like we've hit it off for two weeks talking but it's different when you meet somebody in line like is there that connection um I forgot his debit card so we get our drinks and...
0: Sure you did. I know, right? <laughs> so we get our
1: drinks and he takes out his wallet and he... I could just see the panic in his face though, yeah. right? Like, you know, something's going... Like, he's not like just trying to like have me pay for drinks right now. Yeah. Um, he had actually left it in the ATM. So he had gone to take cash out early that day, but left his card in the ATM. Um, so I was like, whatever, it's life. Like, I got our drinks. So... But you could tell like that it was just different at that moment. Yeah. We went out on the patio and I could just, he like, he was panicked. Like he had called his mom to be like, can I like meet you somewhere and pick up some money? Because I can't like, this is over pretty much. Like this girl's not going to continue to like be yeah. with me the rest of the night. Yeah. Uh, so we bet, we finished our drinks. So um, his friends were going to the Ionia Free Fair that night for an 80s concert. Sure. So I was like, well, I feel like that would kind of like break the ice a little bit more. Like. I could tell he was stressed. We're not going to, like, enjoy the whatever time we have together. Um, So I was like, let's just go. Let's go to the concert, have a good time, whatever. So we met his mom. She gave him some (laughs) cash. um, And we went to the 80s concert, and it was the best first date I've ever had. Like, it turned out to be amazing. (laughs) Like, danced all night. It was, like, 90 degrees in this tent. Just... Like I looked disgusting, like literally, like got out of the shower, disgusting because I'm just sweaty, my hair's gross, makeup's all over my face, and I'm like, "I'm never going to see this guy again." Um, (laughs) But yeah, he called me the next day and was like, "I have to see you again." And so he drove out to Grand because he lives he at that point he lived in uh, like Fowler, okay, so like St. John's areas, and he drove out to Grand Blanc and went out to lunch and just like. I mean, the rest is history. I've done more yeah. with him in six months as far as, like, Activities. just, like, traveling, going up north, yeah. just doing things and, like, living life. And I haven't been happier. Yay. I know. I fi- am I feel like I'm finally at, like, a point in my life where yeah. things have come together.
0: Let's, uh, that is a positive note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad things yeah. are going so well. Um, and, yeah, hopefully we... Continue to get a little sense of normalcy back.
1: I know, but I know. I'm so excited you're
0: sitting across from me. I know. Um,
1: Thanks for making me cry. Hey, I appreciate that.
0: If I'm not making you cry, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying that to uh, women for years. Well, um, um, no, <laughs> <That's terrible. laughs> but yeah, I'm. uh I'm so happy you're here and you're doing this. And, I know. And uh, I'm gonna get. Let's not
1: make it nine years yeah. before I see you again. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm gonna, you know, turn this off so you can tell me things that you don't want to talk about. <laughs> you and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? Alright, you just listened to my interview with Christina. Uh, I was uh, I I know I mentioned at the beginning, but I was so excited about her being here in person. And, uh, she was like, you know what, Cindy, if you're listening to this, <laughs> uh, Cindy and Christina were like my, my work sisters, work wives. I don't know. Um, Cindy at Longhorn, Christina at Best Buy, just two jobs I was at for a long time and, and just built, you know, close relationships with people. And, and it's just a weird thing. You know, you leave jobs like that and you don't really like see those people that much anymore. It's just weird. It's just weird. Cause like when you do see them again, you know, all that, all that's right back. It's right back there. Uh, so it's it's, it's strange to step back into it and still be so comfortable. You know, so I love it. I was so I was so happy to have her here and just fucking nuts about her second kid. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine, like, hey, your kid's born and hospital months. That's just that's scary. And it's, uh, I, I'm sorry that she had to go through that, but I really appreciate her sharing that story. And I guess, you know, I made another gust cry. So goals. I don't know. I, I, I was really happy. She shared that story though. That was, that was insane. That's intense. And that's, that's gotta be really, really difficult. Um, and that's, that's all. I just wanted to thank all you guys for listening and thank Christina for being here. God, I love that I can have people here in person again. Love it. All right. Happy February. I'll talk to you next week. All right. I love you guys. Bye.